everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Time Out with DG Podcast. I am your host, as always, Daniel Gotera. Thanks for stopping by. Episode 56, and it's a conversation with a national champion. Head coach of the Sam Houston State Bearcats, Casey Keeler, stops by yet again on the podcast. We had him on about a month ago to talk about their playoff run. Well, they got the job done, that's for sure. Winning four straight games, beating North Dakota State, James Madison, and then South Dakota State, arguably the other top three teams in the country, if you exclude Sam Houston State from that. And the Bearcats did it on Sunday. So this is going to be a short intro. I want to get right to the conversation. Before I get to that, though, go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Yesterday's conversation with Leroy Burrell was pretty good, so I uh, recommend you checking that out. But right now, without further ado, it's Casey Keeler, a guy who's now won a national championship at two different FCS schools. Nobody has ever done that. One of the most successful FCS coaches of all time, and he's got Sam Houston State celebrating a national championship in Huntsville. The party goes on 48 hours later, but uh, I think the party's going to keep going on way past that. So here's Coach KC Keeler to talk about the Bearcats and what this year has been like to coach. All right, well, congratulations are in order. Uh, 48 hours removed from this uh, national championship. How are you still feeling? I think I slept about 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I literally just got done finishing my text messages back. I haven't even started my emails yet. Um, and there's everyone reaching out. You know, I was on with Charlie Amata, one of the owners of the San Antonio Spurs, Spurs a couple of minutes ago. And uh, Don Sanders, you know, alum who our baseball field is named after, who used to own part of the Astros. And so obviously a lot of people are reaching out and it's good. I mean, this is this is immortality. This is forever. And that was my point to our players when we were in preparation for this game to just under the mag- understand the magnitude of this forever. You will be national champs. And I thought we prepared that way and we went and played that way. And um, it was a great playoff run with a lot of ups and downs and, and uh, some great opponents. And I think we beat the best three teams in the country in consecutive weekends to win the national championship. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because um, that, I know it's, like I said, 48 hours removed, but he, have you had a chance to kind of step back and realize what your team did? I mean, you, you pro- those are probably the teams that you kind of had it circled on the board, right, at the beginning of the season. You knew you had to eventually get through, and you did, but just the run that you guys had, the big plays when you needed them and big moments, I mean, like all the ups and downs, as you mentioned, it was drama-filled, and, and you guys got it done. Well, if you think about it, back in 2016 and 17, us just getting just taken apart by – James Madison and North Dakota State, and me realizing for us to win a national championship, and that's why I came here, and that was the goal, and that's how I recruit these players to come here, we had to make some changes. And it might take a year or two to get us to where I want to be, but that's the only way we're going to do this. And then to have to face North Dakota State and James Madison back-to-back, and then a South Dakota team that's built just like those teams are, it was you know a little bit of vindication that you know we made the right decision, you know, moving away from the, the offense that would lead the country in, in total yards every year and, and usually one or two in scoring and go to an offense that sort of complement our defense a little bit, where I think practice-wise we could so, sort of feed off each other and get better the way we practice. And so, um, and we recruit some great kids and I have a phenomenal staff. So it, it, all, it all worked. And, and uh, again, when you look back now and realize the teams that you had to go through to win the national championship, yeah, there should be a little asterisk there. And the asterisk should be this is one of the great accomplishments in, in college football 
playing during a pandemic, having your players commit to the protocols involved, and then going out and playing the teams we played, yeah, there's an asterisk, and it's, it's because it was special. How, how tough is it really to remake, not maybe remake, but to kind of restructure a roster like you did and to get the results that you wanted, yeah, relatively quickly. I mean, you know, it's 2016, 2017, that now look, four years later, we're, we're talking about a national championship. How, how much of a grind was that? And how, it makes it even more rewarding, I would think. I think some people thought I was crazy. You know, like we're scoring points, like no one's business. And, and you know, it, it's, but when it came down to it, I felt that to beat the James Madisons in North Dakota States and now the South Dakota States of the world, you had to have some more scheme. You had to be able to out formation them at times, make them think just playing fast. I mean, when you play great opponents, they'll just line up and play you. And playing fast isn't really as big an advantage um, as you think it is. Plus also when you play fast, it does something in terms of how you practice your with your defense. So I just thought making those changes were what, what we had to do. And, um, you know, like I said, then to get those opponents all in a row, um, and a big part of it also was the fact that we added, you know, a full-time position for strength and conditioning just for football and also added a dietitian. I thought those were big changes. We were cruising pretty good football players too. And that's the other thing is I'm in a four-hour four radius that there's not better high school football in America than right, than right here. So I think to remake our roster a little bit, those possibilities were here right within, uh, you know, arm's reach. Well, let's talk about the game a little bit. And afterwards, you talked about the warrior that you have at quarterback. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how many hits he took. I think I lost count. And he kept getting back up. And his poise, can you just really sum up what uh, he means to your team and what he meant to you that afternoon in Frisco? Yeah, I've been a head coach for 27 years. And I've always said the toughest football player I've ever coached is a young man named Andy Hall. Andy was my quarterback the year we won the national championship didn't take a single snap of practice for the four weeks in the playoffs because he had a bad shoulder. Wow. That's what I saw. Wow. I saw a reincarnated Andy Hall out there. And I told Andy that. I said, when you watch that game, we were, he, he, I were texting earlier. So when you watch that game, you're watching a different version of you. I mean, here's a guy that just was taking hits. And at the end of the game, he was selling out. And the thing about it was, he knew going into this game, it was going to be this way. Cause we said, listen, we have to ride you to the very end. Like we've sort of like, you know, pulled back a little bit at times when we didn't think we had to run him to win a game. There's nothing, there's nothing left to play for. I mean, this is what we're, we're playing for the ultimate, you know, trophies now. So he and knew sure it. And I'm sure he said, yeah, bring it on. Just Absolutely. Well, he embraced it. Yeah. And, and that's the way he is. I mean, such a unique leader where it's like, when he speaks, you, you listen, he's not going to speak a lot. But when he does speak, you know, you know, and, and he's so genuine. And I also think when your quarterback's the toughest player on your team, I think that just permeates through the whole locker room. You know, if, if we said, hey, Eric, listen, we have to put a, just a regular jersey on because we want to get some tackling done. To, okay, coach. I mean, he just, he's a coach's kid. Right. Oh, yeah. So he knows. I mean, he's grown up around this his whole time. <laughs> yeah. He's just a yes, sir. Let's yeah. go. And uh, that's, that was – that was a classic performance. And you think about the way the season went. For us to win on the last drive of the game with 16 seconds left. Oh, by the way, the game was delayed five times due to lightning strikes. Yeah. It was only fitting to win the game that way because there's been a lot of 
patience and there's been a lot of challenges and there's a lot of obstacles that we've had to overcome to just play this game. And now to win a championship with those obstacles, it was only fitting. What are you thinking on that last drive as you're making your way down there after they had taken the lead? And, and what was a play that I know had to have been frustrating for you, your defense. I mean, they've been so good all year, but you know, at, towards the end of the game in a grinded out contest like that, things happen. But what did yeah. you think about your team getting back on the field with just what, two and a half minutes left and driving all the yeah. way down the field and scoring? Well, well you know, um, we burned a lot. Actually, there was more time than that. We actually burned a lot of clock in that drive. We took it all the way down to 16 seconds. And I only had one time out left. And so I'm conscious about as this thing's getting closer and closer, I'm saying, okay, you know, I'm talking to Ryan Cardi. I got one time out, Ryan. Don't put me in harm's way here. Make sure that we're, you know, kind of picking up the pace a little bit with our with our play calling. Um, and, you know, we had two fourth down conversions uh, that were just, you know, amazing calls by by our staff and then also great plays by our, our, our uh, players. And I can remember, you know, just that third down call all I'm thinking about is the fourth down call because I can't worry about that call has been made. Let's hope it works. Let's get to the fourth down call. Cause we're tackled in bounds. We have 16 seconds. We have to line up and snap the ball. If we don't get tackled in bounds, well, let's at least have a plan. What we want to do. If we want to change personnel or whatever. Yeah. And also I kind of pop up and bam, and he just throws a rocket. Right. That was a tight chest. window. That was a very tight window well, to fit that through. Yeah. And there was three, three defenders. Right. And as Ife crosses the linebacker's face and starts to sit down, the linebacker recognizes, oh, that's the guy they're going to throw it to. And he tries to plant and he can't plant because the field is a little soft. And Ife just sits down and three guys kind of all converge at him at once. And, but, you know, me being the constant coach, I'm thinking, okay, extra point and they can't beat us unless they get a touchdown. We missed the extra point. And then we're supposed to kick the ball off and kind of put it on their boundary. And we missed hit it and we put it in the middle of the field and now they get a, a return. And so like, and the ball freaking ended. out. You're like, Oh my God. Well, exactly. 16 and seconds field, left, man. We got to get this done. Get to the finish field, line. Field goal beats us. Yeah. And um, they went out on the 35 yard line when time was done. That's a 52 yard field goal. Or our kicker said, a, 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 you know, had a personal best going that direction. Their kicker is pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, you talk about down to the wire. Yeah. It was absolutely down to the wire. I, I, you know, I see the video of you kind of just looking up at the scoreboard. Were you just reassuring the fact that it was zeros <laughs> on the clock and yeah. <laughs> they, they had it not hit you yet? I mean, you just as yeah. the coach mode that you were yeah, in? I, I, I lost a national championship by a point in Frisco, Texas in 2010. I know the difference between winning it and losing it. It's night and day. I mean, no one's happy you got there. They only want you to win it. Yeah. Like getting there is not like, hey, we got there. No, right. when you get there, they want you to win it and you want to win it, especially for the kids. And they, there's such a big difference between winning and losing it. So it was almost like, okay, is this really over? And then, you know, and, and I had such empathy for, for, you know, their head coach because I've been on that side walking across. And, um, you know, you talk about it, just a great football team and so well coached. I mean, it gave yeah. us fit. We knocked their starting quarterback out, who's a phenomenal football player. And they found ways to, you know, put us, you know, you know, had us guessing a little bit. Yeah, you talked um, about that after the game, right? I mean, that, that was the challenge when the, that quarterback went out because you didn't know what they were going to really throw at you. Well, your game plan goes all out the window. And yeah. my game plan went out the window, too. I mean, on fourth, our first fourth and one, I'm not going to I'm not going for it. I'm going to play field position. I'm going to make that backup quarterback go 95 yards. Right. You know, so all of a sudden my mindset changes because of the backup quarterback. And also as a defensive staff, we're going – Third and nine, they're pretty heavy pass. 
but are they going to be heavy pass now with the backup quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so now, so now you're, 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 and I can hear my defensive staff on, on the phones, like really second guessing themselves a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, usually it's a very confident group. Hey, what do you think here? What, what, what? Instead it was like, they were, they were scrambling a little bit. And um, I think partly because that offensive line was that good and those running backs were that good. And you're wondering, okay, those third and five, third and sixes, are they going to run the ball at you? Or are they going to, you know, put, put that in the, in the second string quarterback's hands. So um yeah, it was, it was a great challenge, and I thought it was two great teams playing, and I think the best two teams in the country won, I mean, I mean played, and I do believe that we beat um, the three best teams in the country, not named Sam Houston, to, to get to this national championship and win it, and I think that's a great testament to how good our football program is. You talked about immortality, and I, I know you've said that word a couple times in interviews. How important was it for you to stress that to the players? I mean, that might be an understood thing, right? I mean, they're thinking about it in the back of their minds. We're going to be the first guys to ever win a championship. This is a huge day and this and that. But you, you stressed it to them. And how important was that for you to do? Yeah, you know, I think some of my experiences I try to explain to them, like, you know, I got this national championship ring on right now. And the reason I wear it uh, from my 2003 team is because I know how hard it is to get. They're really hard to get. This is my 11th national championship game. Two as a player, nine as a coach. I've won two. Now I've won my third one. They're really hard because there's a, there's a whole journey to get there. And then the team you're playing is obviously really good too. And there's so many factors that go into that whole thing. And so when you win it, it is special. And, you know, just knowing that, like when I, when I went to the big house, I, I saw that 1901, 1902, 1903, 1904 national championship banners. That's what really resonated in my head in terms of this is immortality. This is forever. I mean, they're celebrating national championships from over 100 years ago. Right. And that was a story I told told my, my uh, players uh, the night before the, uh, the game is that just understand the significance of this. This is forever. I mean... You know, your grandchildren and grandchildren's grandchildren, they come to Sam Houston State, they're going to see the recognition that this team was the national champion. So it's pretty cool. And I think our kids understood that and they embraced that. And um, I think it's part of our legacy. How was the party that night? Well, the, I mean, with COVID, there's no parties. Oh, that's still oh, that's true. I guess. Uh, I, I mean, I just show. automatically assume that you're just going to celebrate. But now, you, I mean, what did you guys do? Well, the locker room was awesome. Oh, yes. I mean, it was just, it's what you dream of to go in there. I, I left them on the field for a while, too. I, I just, you know, all the defensive linemen wanted to picture with the trophy, with their coaches, and all the wide receivers wanted to picture. And we just wanted to enjoy the fans. And obviously, you know, the presentation was pretty cool. And it was interesting, the South Dakota State team stayed out for the whole presentation. Mm. I think they just wanted to, like, okay, we're coming back here. And this is what it's going to be like. They were visualizing this is going to be them next year. And so we took our time on the field. And then when we finally got in the locker room, we just sort of enjoyed it a little bit. Um, and then I hopped in my car with my son and my, my, my wife. My son flew in from L.A. And we drove home because with COVID, they wanted to limit the number of people on a bus. So contact tracing. So I haven't traveled on a bus all year long. Wow. The only time I traveled on the bus was the hotel to the game was the only time I've, I've traveled on a bus just because of contact. So it's been an interesting year yeah. with, you know, I mean, I'm driving to Northwestern State by myself. I'm, my wife and I drove up to San Antonio to the game. It's just been everything's been different because of COVID. And again, there should be an asterisk and the asterisk should be this is one of the most challenging seasons any team has ever had to face. And we faced it undefeated. 
You know, you told me about some of the challenges that you had before the playoffs started. You had, you know, the no locker room with the renovations being yep. done. I do have to ask, it seems to have worked. Are you willing to keep your coaches two miles down the road in the <laughs> bank, wherever that was? I mean, I, I it just, seems I to just, be working. I just left the bank building. I'm now heading over to the press box. Um, I'm going to see if they can maybe put a gas stipend in my contract because I'm doing a lot of gas back and forth. But, you know, Bobby Williams and I just had this conversation, my athletic director. I said it was just so humbling to walk to practice with your helmets and shoulder pads. It was just so humbling to have to make your weight room your locker room. It was so humbling to do your own laundry every day. You know, so all those things, I think it just made our players realize, man, we just want to play. We just want to play. And I think I, I, I don't know if I shared this story, but I can remember opening day. It's a hot, humid February night. Air conditioner breaks in the weight room. Our kids are in the, the locker room sweating as they're dre getting dressed. As they're getting dressed, they're sweating. And no one said a word. They just wanted to play football. And I, I remember seeing that and going, you know what? They get it. It's not about all the bells and whistles. You, you need that for recruiting. But really what we just went through, we just, and we, we didn't know if we were going to play or not. I mean, in June, when we came back June 15th, we thought we were going to play. Then all of a sudden, we weren't playing. Right. And then, okay, we thought we were going to play in the spring. And then there's, well, maybe not. And then during the course of spring, there's some teams that are dropping out. I mean, there's a, there, it's been a very emotionally uh, and physically draining season. But I, in terms of our players, I think they realize playing this game, which means so much to them. A lot of these guys started when they're five, six, seven years old. Yeah. It's just, it's more important than a locker room. It's more important than if they have to wash your laundry. It's more important than all those things. And so I think all that stuff really brought us together as a team. This is as close a team as I've ever been around, and we didn't have a locker room. That tells you a lot. And finally, I know you're a, you're a player's coach. You love talking about the success of your players, but what does this mean to you personally? Um, you came to Sam Houston, you wanted to win a championship. Now you're the only coach that's won two at this level, uh, different schools. I mean, this has got to be just a validation for yourself. And I'm going to let you talk about yourself for a little bit, <laughs> but this has got to be pretty neat for you and what all the work that you've put into. Yeah. You, you know, I, I thank God my wife wanted to keep on coaching because there was a time I didn't know I was, if I was ever going to coach again, you know, I was, this was the last job available. And, and unfortunately for me that she wanted to continue doing this because I always joke that with, you know, wives and coaching years are like dog years, like, you know, every, and, and so every year of marriage is like seven. Uh, and so we're like in the 200 somewhere. And, <laughs> well, that's pretty our, good. Uh, You're doing a great marriage. job. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so, so for me to get a chance to come someplace, you know, and I blessed, I'm so blessed that Bobby Williams gave me this opportunity and they gave me the resources to win a national championship. It's pretty special. I, I, I kind of got goosebumps when, when someone texted me, you know, you, you just passed Bo Schembechler and Woody Hayes for most wins in the history of college football. And then Jim Trestle, I was up, you know, and I didn't know anything about that number either. And so when people throw those things at me, I go, those guys are icons. I'm just some guy coaching college football, but those guys are icons. So I just, they're amazing accomplishments, and I'm so proud that I was able to achieve those things. But I know this, I have achieved those because I have phenomenal coaches around me, and I have great players. I mean, you watch us play, you can tell I have great players. Well, uh, you might not be considered an icon, but you're an icon in Huntsville, and that team will always be remembered. <laughs> and so just congratulations. That was awesome to watch you guys play.
And uh, now go celebrate in the best way that you can, uh, COVID-friendly, I guess. Very good. I appreciate it. Thanks, Coach. All right. Thank you. So happy for those guys in Huntsville. I've been covering that team for a while now. And, you know, there's a lot of people that put a lot of work behind the scenes in that program. And uh, they're getting to celebrate this alongside the players and the coaches. So, so happy for everybody up there in Huntsville. And I, I, I don't know if they're done quite yet because this is a remade team, a remade program. And I think that they're going to be back next year. It's going to be a short turnaround. Coach was telling me they're not going to have the players report back until the end of June to give them a, a nice little break here. Uh, but, yeah, it's a quick turnaround. They're going to play 10 games next year, and we'll see where they go. Uh, I wonder what football is going to be like next year for these FBS teams, FCS teams, excuse me, because they had so much... Uh, put on their plate in the spring a much heavier workload than they usually do but I wouldn't count the Bearcats out that's for sure all right that'll do it for this episode I'll be back hopefully tomorrow or Thursday with something else uh, or just maybe my thoughts on a whole bunch of stuff going on in sports we'll see until then talk to you later